bustin', that nigga slick brick said. I waited long time sweating it. I got jerk, but now I'm getting it. Hazy like asthma, bizarre disaster. Stress almost had me down from being the master, the pastor, preacher, poet, a teacher. It's been so long. Like Monifa, believe that I'm needed. In rapping, I breathe this. Some pick up a microphone and can't even achieve this. Okay, people. Coming in this week with a bit of OC So, as we do every week We start off with the UK box office top 10 For the weekend of the 23rd to the 25th of October, people And I think we've got three new entries in... um, yeah, into the charts. So at number ten is um, you know Sean Olsen's new film Max Winslow and the House of Secrets. We talked about this in last week's episode, um, and you know it's starring uh, Chad Michael Murray, Marina Siris. Uh, we got Jason uh, Gino. Sid Michel Right, so at number 9 We've got All My Life From uh, Mark Myers Starring Jessica Ruth Harry Shum Jr Eva Cardine Keel Settle So at number 8 We've got Hocus Pocus A little old school action here From uh, Kenny Ortega Starring Bette Midler, Sarah Jessica Parker And all of those peoples At number 7 We've got, um, you know, Rose Glasses Really, you know, creative synth mold With um, great performances from Mirfred Clark and Jennifer Eel. So at number six, it's Cats and Dogs Free, Pause Unite. This is from Sean McNamara. So at number five, we have uh, Pixie. Okay, so this is from Barnaby Thompson. And we have Olivia Cook, Alec Baldwin, Ben Hardy, and Cole Meany. So, at number four this week, it's Christopher Nolan's Tenant. So, um, no longer at number one, but yo, it's been, um, yeah, been in those charts for a long ass time, right? So at number three, we've got um, The Secret Garden. So this is from uh, Mark Munden, starring uh, Dixie Eprix, Richard Hansel, David Verney, and Tom Jean Surridge. At number two, we've got something a little bit new. It's um, Mark Williams' Honest Thief. So this is starring Liam Neeson. So you know it's going to be one of those crazy action flicks right here. Uh, We've got Kate Walsh, 
Jai Courtney and Jeffrey Donovan. So it means at number one, we have a new entry, two by two overboard. So this is from Toby Genkel and Sean McCormick with um, a voice cast of Max Carolyn, Ava Conley, Dermot Magnus, and Tara Flynn. So people, that's what's happening in the UK. Right, so before we get to this week's films, let's um, get a little information. So, uh, yeah, sit back, people, and let's get into it. Independent cinema pop up screens is back this winter, taking over Peckham's popular boozy building with a season of exciting and immersive events taking place from October. From the 23rd of October to the 20th of December, the pop-up Peckham series will feature scary screenings in a forbidden forest, belly laughs at the first ever Peckham Comedy Festival, a half-term family film fest, and the return of Cinema in the Snow, a stunning cinematic Christmas experience set in a magical snow-filled Wonderland. The Forbidden Forest Cinema, which takes place the 23rd of October to the 15th of November, it's kicking off the schedule of events, will be um, a collection of immersive Fright Night Halloween screenings. Visitors must brave their way through a forbidden forest before discovering an eerie woodland cinema. The perfect setting for their favourite film. Films include Halloween horror favourites such as A Nightmare on Elm Street, Hereditary, It, Beetlejuice, Scream, The Shining and The Blair Witch Project. As well as cult classics like Donnie Darko, Rocky Horror Picture Show, From Dusk Till Dawn, Labyrinth and The Craft. Half-term screenings of Wallace and Gromit, Curse of the Were-Rabbit, Onward, Myuna, Minions and Toy Story 4 will also be part of the schedule, coupled with a family-friendly magical adventure through the mysterious forest. Adult tickets will be priced from £22, including all fees, with concessions for family tickets and half-term screenings. A limited amount of VIP tickets will also be made available at £27.50, again, including all fees, premium seats and a drink. Other announced events that will follow later in the year include... Peckham Comedy Festival, the 19th to the 22nd of November, and the return of Cinema in the Snow, which is the 27th of November to the 20th of December. Okay, so the booking information are in the episode details. So, if you fancy some cinema in a forest, some snow and comedy, go and check it out. 
Okay, people, if you are enjoying all the new films hitting Shudder this October, well, November is definitely going to be another treat for you. Uh, as the platform launches some new original yeah, new original content On the 5th of November is a blood vessel Right, so um, It stars Nathan Phillips Elisa Sutherland Robert Taylor It's directed by Justin Dix And it's basically this Somewhere in the North Atlantic Late 1945 a life raft adrift at sea, and in it the survivors of a torpedoed hospital ship. With no food, water or shelter, all seems lost until a seemingly abandoned German minesweeper drifts ominously towards them, giving them one last chance at survival if they can survive the bloodthirsty monsters on board. Hmm... So, on the 12th of November, then you're getting a Lingering, a.k.a. Hotel Lake. So, um, yeah, this is from director Yoon Eun Kuyong. It stars Lee si Young um, and Park Ji Yoon. So... Seeking support as the guardian of a younger brother, Yumi returns to a small hotel run by a family friend. As bizarre incidents creep up on in her mother's old room, Yumi will have to unravel the supernatural mystery and discover the truth before it's too late. Ah, uh, so then. On the 19th of November is a, um, a documentary. It's called Leap of Faith, William Friedkin on the Exorcist. Uh, so, um, yeah, it's from uh, director Alexandra O. Philippe. And, um, of course, it's starring William Friedkin. So, um, a lyrical and spiritual cinematic essay on the Exorcist, Leap of Faith explores the uncharted depths of William Friedkin's mind's eye, the nuances of his filmmaking process, and the mysteries of faith and fate that have shaped his life and filmography. The film marks the SIP feature documentary from Philippe, um, continuing his thoughtful analysis of iconic genre films. Yeah, and then people, on the 24th of November, you will be getting porno So, this is uh, from Keila Rasalela Okay, um, and it's starring Robbie Tan, Caitlin Pierce, Evan Davies, Laura Saperstein um, Gillian Muller and Glenn Slot. 
So, when five repressed teen employees at a local movie theatre in a small Christian town discover a mysterious old film hidden in its basement, they unleash an alluring demon that is determined to give them a sex education. Written in blood. Bom, bom, bom. So, uh, yeah. There's some uh, definitely new stuff coming in November. You're getting some old films as well. So, um, Urban Legend, that will be hitting um, along with Salem's Lot, the old Stephen King film. They'll be coming on the 2nd of uh, November. Um, Yeah, and a, a lot of other stuff, people. So, if you don't have it, might be time for you to uh, go check out Shudder. Okay, people, so now we've got all of that out of the way, let's get to this week's films. Okay, so as we're leading into um, Halloween, it felt fitting to watch, you know, a kind of scary film. You know what I mean? That kind of thing. Uh, so I checked out the um, new feature from Bartosk M. Koluski. I mean, that's... I don't know. It's a Polish film. So there's a lot of Polish names that I cannot pronounce properly, people. Don't hate. Okay? So, um, yeah, it's called Nobody Sleeps in the Woods Tonight. So, Kalowski um, co-wrote the film uh, along with Jan... Um, Jan Kowensky and Mirella Zadakalizzi. Oh, dear. I apologise, people. Oof. Um. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, yeah, they they wrote it. He directed it. Um. Now it stars, uh, Julia, Winawia Narkowsk as Zoya. Right. Um, we've got Mikhail Lupa as Julek, um, Sebastian Dila as Daniel, Stan Stanislaw Kowalk as Bartek, um, Wit. Victoria Gawaska as Anelia. Um, yeah. Oh man, these names are very hard. <laughs> uh, Gabriela Muzawa as Isa. They're our kind of our main group, really. Um, but we, I guess we've got Peter Sawoski, who plays a priest. 
and Miralasa Zubesqui, who plays, um, well, we see him twice, right? We, we Yeah, we see him twice, once at the very beginning and then towards the end of the film, okay? So, um, yeah, there are characters. So, the gist of the film is this. Um, a group of technology-dependent teenagers go to an offline camp. Adrenian, Adrenianly. God, gear idea. Um, yeah, that's roughly it. Uh, <laughs> common hiking in the woods without access to smartphones will not end, however, as planned by the organisers. They will have to fight for real life with something that they have not eat, not seen even in the darkest corners of the internet. The face of deadly danger lurking in the woods. They will discover what true friendship, love and sacrifice are. Well, not quite, but uh, yes, there you go. Now, this is... Like, you can see with this film, it, it, it's kind of done in the vein of, um, let's say, Scream. Something like Scream. You know, it's like, um, it's poking fun at the genre in certain ways. You know, the, the, like this whole thing, because, hey, you know, our characters. So, um, Zoisa, she's the quiet girl, right? But you see there's something dark in her past. Uh, Julek, he's a gamer nerd, you know, he, he tells us that he's um, the number two gamer in Poland, and he was meant to be going to the world championships in Korea, right, we've got the hunk Daniel, the sensitive guy Bartek, you know, the hot girl Anelia, so, yeah, that, 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 that's our, our main kind of characters. So they all fit into those typical stereotypes that we get in these sort of features, right? And, yeah, so, well, the film kind of starts off, really, and we see, um, we see this cabin, and, like, there's a woman and she's kind of throwing stuff down there. So you're like, oh, this ain't good. Um, then we kind of get this guy. Seems like the postman or delivery guy. And he hears a noise, right? So he opens up this door and he sees something down there. And uh, he tries to help. But then he, he can't, so he turns around, and he's like, oh, I'll go and get someone. And then he disappears, obviously, yeah, that's a bad mood, right? He disappears, and then we see the woman a bit later trying to toss something down. She slips, so it's just like, oh, because now the door's open, so you're like, oh, something is going to go drastically wrong here, right? And on the wall, there's a picture of of two boys, right? So you know, oh, so you're thinking, what, what's happened? 
what what's happening here but now we, we're on to the camp right all the kids turning up putting their phones and smart and ipads and all of that gear in a box so you think oh obviously we're gonna get some uh camp time horrors right and so you just got the typical stuff, you know, the the, the counsellors, they're being mean to the kids. Like, all the people were trying to connect, right? You've got the hot girl turns up and everyone's looking and staring. You get one of the guys making googly eyes at another guy. So you think, okay... So these are plots that are going to get explored. But then we have um, the first kind of thing they do. So they're all split up into groups. And they're going for a three-day hike in the woods. So that's our, our little crew go off with their guide. You know, Isa. And um, she's taking no shit. Right? So she's leading them off. And that's when it all kind of goes awry. Like it, obviously, it will do, right? Um, but while all of this is going on, you know, just the typical kind of things. Like teasing and just all of this. It's a bit banal up until this point. You know, nothing really crazy is going on. Um, just the typical stuff, right? But we get these flashbacks too. So we kind of flash back to the cabin and what's going down there. So we're like, ooh, okay. Hmm, what could be going on? But before all of this, for some reason, he, he throws in, I guess, just these typical, you know, teen horror things. Right, so a couple, you know, the hot girl and, um, you know, supposedly the hunky dude, they get it on. And, yeah, so then suddenly she's taking her top off and we're getting all of this. And you're like, okay, it seemed a bit out of left field, right? It didn't, you didn't think this was going to be a film where there was going to be any sort of nudity. But then we get a little bit, and it just, yeah, it, it's an odd kind of uh, inclusion. But that happens, and that's when things really suddenly kick in a notch, right? Now the attacks are happening, and all of this. And we get the characters doing the horror shit. But we've got our gamer guy, you know. He's, um, Julek. He's giving us all the horror references. Like, we shouldn't split up, you know. Anyone that, people that get split up, that's when it all goes crazy in a horror film. And he gives the tenants of a horror film... And so he's spitting out these things, which you're like, okay, so yeah, they're poking fun. They're doing all of this. We then know 
Like you have that, but we don't get anyone really doing anything differently. You know, that's the weird thing about it. Because you're thinking, okay, so if you're being this hyper-aware film, we we then should have people trying to break these norms, right? But we don't really get that. We don't really get that, which does feel like it's a bit of a shame, you know? Now, we get some interesting threads to the story, like the priest, he plays a part, you know, and as I said, we get, we revisit the guy from the very beginning, which, yeah, we're not really expecting that, so that, and then we also get these flashbacks into, um, <coughs> well, it's not so much a flashback, but we, we, we get someone who fills us in on the history of the spot, right, and so, yes, because we only ever see one monster at the beginning, but then you realise, oh, okay, we, we get a little info, so it's all, so then the characters have to try and navigate all of this, so we're thinking, okay, so how is that gonna happen? But the crazy thing is, we get people doing things, but there doesn't really seem a logical reason for it, right? So in an, a, a big confrontation, like uh, there's a certain character that does this, does this thing, and you're thinking, oh, are they... Are they going to do this thing? But then we don't have them do it. And instead, they do something else that makes no sense. You're thinking, you, like, this doesn't add up. Right? So there's a lot of these odd things, which, yeah, it muddies the water a bit because... You know, you're hoping for something a little bit different, you know? Because if they've made it clear that they get the, the pitfalls, you think, okay, so they're going to show us something a little unique. But we don't really get that. Now, effect-wise, the effects are pretty good. You know, there's, there's this thing with a meteor... And um, a venom type situation, which is yeah, that's that looks pretty cool, right? And just um, our monsters themselves, they look pretty cool, you know. Like the the violence, you know, the the attacks, all of this, it doesn't look that bad to be honest. You know, it it holds up. Yeah, it's decent. So, on that side of things, yeah, we, we got some good work here. Like, uh, people will enjoy it on that front. It's just a story that goes a little bit... Now, they do 
I guess at the end, they they end it in a way where you could have more, right? You you could, I guess, it's just like, all right, we could get a franchise out of this, or at least a sequel. I mean, there needs to be a good-ass reason to do that. Yeah, but, yeah, it, it, it leaves... It leaves a lot of things open. But, do you want to go back to it? That's the big question. So, I think... It, it won't deliver to you like Scream. But, if you're looking for... Um, just a little kind of easygoing slasher horror, then this could be the film for you. You know, this could be something that you'd you'd enjoy. I would say, like character arcs, they don't necessarily get fleshed out. I mean, Zoe's Zoya. She's probably the one character that you get more of a backstory on. The others, not so much, right? So, it, it's, it's not quite Scream. It's not quite Cabin in the Woods. It makes those attempts, you know? It's probably... It's like a Halloween sequel, you know what I mean? That, that's what I would say, you know, Halloween 4, something like that. It, 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 it's one of those. So it's watered down from the main, the main big one that was huge and great. But it, it's not completely terrible, you know? So, uh, yeah, there you have it, people. It's on Netflix, right? And, um, yeah, as I said, look. It, it's got some good effects, right? So if you want a little something to something to um, keep you going, you know, late at night when you can't sleep, then nobody sleeps in the wood. That might be the ticket for you. So uh, there you go. Have fun. Okay, so. You know what I mean? There was a lot of press, right? There was a lot of, uh, I guess, talk about some of Sasha Bowen Cohen's pranks. You know, the whole Giuliani beard and all of this kind of stuff. So it just seemed like, eh, I probably should give the film a check, you know? Um, so, yeah, I... I gave a watch of Borat 2, or, um, gosh, the title, Borat Subsequent Movie Film, Delivery of Prodigious Bribe to American Regime for Make Benefit Once Glorious Nation of Kazakhstan. It's just... I don't even know, right, I don't know, like, it, I, I, you know, you know they're trying to be clever with the title, but it's just a bit, oh dear, 
Um, all right. Well, <laughs> the film it's directed by Jason Wooliner, uh, produced by Baron Cohen, Anthony Hines, and Monica Levinson. Uh, it says the screenplay is um, boy, there's a lot of cooks in this kitchen. Peter Bainham, Baron Cohen, Hines, Jenna Friedman, Lee Kem, Dan Mazza, Erica Revangia, and Dan Swimmer. It says story by Baron Cohen, Hines, Nina Pedrad, and Dan Swimmer. Hmm. Cinematography is Luke. Jizbahula? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, um, yeah. So, it's English, but there are subtitles, which was, it was rather irritating. Okay, so, um, yeah, this is essentially a follow-on to the original Borat film, which came out in 2006. You know what I mean? 14 years later. Boy, kind of a weird one, right? And, um, yeah, so they do kind of follow on from the first film, right? Which, you know, I, I thought it was interesting that they did play on that. Because, yeah, if, if you remember, the, after the first film came out, like, Kazakhstan were not happy <laughs> they were not happy at all say so that they made the country look like a joke and all of that and that's what they they used that at the very beginning right so we start off with Borat in jail and um you know they show that the country's getting mocked and all these people with their heads in the sand and all of this I mean in what they showed at the beginning it didn't really do anything to uh, help Kazakhstan's image. <laughs> Let's just say that, right? Um, but then, you know, the, the prime minister releases him from jail. He's in a gulag, supposedly. Um, but yeah, he gets released to go on a mission, right? Because Trump's been president. And he's been hanging out with Putin and other people like that. And the Kazakhstan premier is pissed that he's not in the club. So, um, yeah, Borat has to go to America to, um, you know, get Kazakhstan noticed. So that's essentially, right, the... Uh, yeah, the gist of this odd, odd, odd film. Uh, now, I don't, like, I kind of see this as Deadpool 2. You know? Kind of Deadpool 1 as well, essentially. <laughs> I, and what I mean is, because... You know, I think Deadpool, it it was one of those films that was 
Yeah, it, it, it was poking fun at the genre, right? So, like scary movies, poked fun at horror films. And, and you know, Borat was... Like, this film is poking fun... Well, it, it's saying... It's, it's kind of meant to be poking fun at just a lot of things right now. You know, there were jabs at Facebook... There's jabs at the, the U.S. politics. Well, we say U.S. politics, mainly Republicans. You know, that's, that's really who they were going for. You know what I mean? Let's be uh, honest there. <laughs> you, know, um, you know, chauvinists. It was just all of this kind of stuff. But now this is what I mean with the Deadpool thing. There is there had already been a load of films and TV shows and the whatnot that had made fun of the genre, right? So it's not breaking any new ground, but you're like, okay, it's fine. And then the second film went even harder, you know, like, oh, look at us making all of these enlightened points when it's just like, but people have been making those points for years now, right? You're not, you know, you're not revolutionizing anything. And that's what it kind of seemed with this, that it's just, you know, like doing stuff and go, and patting themselves on the back, like, look at us. <laughs> yeah, we see through all of the, uh, you know, the manipulation. How great are we? But it's just like, well, uh, uh, loads of people have made those points. You're like crazy on the nose here. Well, you know, what, what, what's happening? Uh, yeah, so that's what it's seen. Now, look, I'll be honest with you people. I didn't watch, well, I think I started the first Borat film. And I was just like, yo, this ain't for me. And I just didn't. <laughs> I turned it off. I've never really been a huge fan of, you know, Sasha Cohen's stuff like Ali G and, you know, this, right? And these weird little sketch characters. Yeah, I like him in feel, in other people's films, right? So in, uh, you know, Trial of the Chicago 7, he's very good. You know, so in in stuff like that, I like him. I think he's a good actor. But in his own stuff, it can get a little bit too... Look at me. I'm so clever. You know? Uh, so, I imagine that people that are fans of this... The, you know what I mean? His take on things and the way he does stuff they will, you know, most likely, I'd imagine, really enjoy it. But, yeah, everything just seemed a bit too... a bit too on the nose, right? Because you've got this daughter, and, like, you knew exactly what was going to happen, right? So you knew that she was going to sneak to America somehow and meet him there. So you knew all of that. But the way that 
they have it, it's like everyone's kind of acting like they know what's happening in the world, but then they're like, oh, what's that? You know, they're looking at smartphones. I mean, like, oh, what's that calculator you're holding? Right? And it's just like, wait, 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 wait. So you're kind of showing them that, like, people, like, they know some stuff but they don't know this stuff. And it's just like, if they know that other stuff, how did they miss this stuff? You know, it, it's this weird kind of selective knowledge that everyone kind of had. And, you know, it, 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 it's the daughter being, oh, I know this, but I don't know that. Like, oh yeah, my vagina's got teeth in it. And you're just like, wait, what? Like, huh? I mean, you would know. You know what I mean? It, it's just this weird thing. You know, the, and the whole thing with the book, you know, the, the manual for girls, it was just very <sighs> obvious. Like, all the jokes were, like, very obvious. You know, she's just like, oh, I found a book that's really truthful, Facebook. And we know that Sasha Cohen has, you know, he, that he's come out and said that, um, shit, what's the Facebook dude's name? I can't even remember. Is it Gutenberg? Something Berg? I don't know. But that cat that runs Facebook, he was saying he should go to jail. So we know that, you know, I mean, Sasha hates Facebook. So then throwing it in there like, oh, yeah, look at this clever joke when it's just like, no, it's just this obvious jab that you've just made, right? And there was just loads of stuff like that. The whole Giuliani thing, that was just... What the fuck are you doing? You know what I mean? Because it's trying to make it that, oh, everyone to believe that we think that Giuliani was trying to have sex with that girl who, you, you she what, definitely isn't 15. I mean, that's the thing. You, you just, like, you know she's not 15. Like, look, you wouldn't think that she's, like, 30 or something, but you'd be like, yeah, she ain't 15. <laughs> you know what I mean? But we've, we've got that. And it was just because she was touching his leg all the time. Kept on leaning forward and touching his leg. Which, if that was the other way around, there would be, there would definitely be issues there. You know what I mean? People would be complaining and everything like that. But, yo, know, she was taking his mic off. We saw her going, oh, let me help you get your mic off. And then he's tucking, he leant back because he's sitting down and he was tucking his shirt in. So this is something that's like, yeah, at no stage does this look like he's trying to get groovy with her. You know what I mean? And they're just playing these situations and all the situations are coming out like really weird. Like, I, it's funny because you have everyone that's in the film and now coming out complaining. Like, um, the 
ugh, the Instagram influencer. I just always hate that, you know what I mean, that term, influencer. I mean, like, ah, really? Really? You know? But it was just like, she's moaning because she feels that she was misportrayed and lied to about what the thing was. But it's not like, though, she was asked to play a character. <laughs> she was asked to be herself. So if you as yourself are saying those weird things, that's all on you. Right? But it was just a weird, you know, just that, that weird whole thing. But she's just like, what is it? Tutors is like, oh, you're a, a sugar babe a sugar mummy or something something right and she's like oh yeah i like older men who have money and she's just like how oh, how old would you go she's just like oh like near death and she's like oh find a guy that's just had a heart attack it's like what the fuck is this <laughs> what is this like there was just all the interactions were weird you know the two guys that Borat hangs out with very odd and the, the thing all about it as well is you're meant to believe that these are like random meetups and I kind of feel that it probably isn't scripted, right? So I would, you know, go along with all of that. But the, my whole question around it is, when you have multiple camera angles, like, what's happening there? You know what I mean? Because it's just like, if this is meant to just be a... You know what I mean? Just a quick little filmed thing, very random, very... But now you've got multiple cameras in a car, you've got multiple cameras in a room, and all of this, then it's just like, well, you know you're being filmed. You know what I mean? Like, so every situation, you know you are being filmed. Right? So it just makes it odder. You know, and you then wonder, what's being said here? Like, how is this scene being constructed? Because it's all very weird. But, yeah, I wouldn't say the film made a lot of sense. Like, it doesn't really make a lot of sense. Just a lot of the things, just the whole, you know, what do you call it? The planning um, like birth control center place that they go to, it's all a bit weird, right, it's all very weird, and I would say that it's all very, it seems very selective as well, you know, the scenarios that they decided to go into, because if you do go, you know, there's a load of Family plan, family planning, that's it, right? If you go into, there's a load of different family planning places. But you know in certain places, they are not about abortions. Right? So you can't 
ask them to do that because you know that they're going to you know talk just talk to you about having the kid and just all of that so they picked the place to go to you know what i mean it's like everything that was done they picked exactly the places to get exactly those reactions so it, it, it you know what i mean it's not a random thing and it's definitely a, a shot it's definitely a shot at like the republicans and being like vote democrat <laughs> and especially as the film ends it's like now go and vote you just think so you did all of this just to kind of try and convince people to vote democrat that's your whole that's your whole thing it, it it just kind of seems a very thin, uh, you know, tapestry to hang a film onto. You know what I mean? It, yeah, I don't know. It's just, it doesn't come together for me. That's the thing. But as I said, look, this isn't really my thing. You know, I've, I've, I've not been a fan of Ali G and all of that. So, yeah, if you are, then I'd imagine that, yeah, the, you you thought this was clever. You thought it was, and listen, don't give me wrong. When I say that you thought it was clever, I'm not, you know, saying you're dumb for thinking that. It's just different sensibilities, right? So, yeah, I think there's definitely people that will enjoy this. And that's fine. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't have to be for everyone. Um, but yeah, I don't know. It, it definitely goes with that, you know, that whole thing of sequels aren't always as strong as the originals. Actually, I can't really say that because I didn't watch the original. So maybe this is better than the original. Who knows? Who knows? But, uh, you know, it's out there. It's out in the world. It's on Amazon Prime. So uh, anyone can go watch it. You know. So there you go. But. Yeah. It, it, it was kind of crazy that the daughter is all of a sudden a journalist. You know, she gets a TV anchor job. Which is just like, wait, what? <laughs> like, how did that happen? You know, it, it, it's very unrealistic. The whole Jewish thing was just weird. That was very weird, right? I don't know. I just found that so fucking weird. But, hey-ho. There you go, people. There you go. Borat 2. It's out in the world. Whoo! Okay, so, man, last week I missed the film. <laughs> Fuck. Hate it when that shit happens, but I got round to it this week and I'm um, at the, uh, yeah, pleasant opportunity to watch a new. New Zealand feature called Dead. So, 
it is uh, written, well, let's just say this, it's directed by Hayden J. Wheel, who co-wrote the film along with Tom Sainsbury. Uh, Wheel produced the film along with Nicole Van Herden, uh, and um, yeah, the film stars, uh, well, Will and Sainsbury, they play, um, yeah, I would say the main two, so um, Sainsbury plays, uh, oh gosh, Sainsbury's character's name is uh, Dane Marbeck, known as Marbles to his friends, and Will plays um, a police officer, Jason Tag. Yeah. Uh, we then also have Jennifer Ward Leland, who plays, uh, you know, Dane's mum, Janie. We've got uh, Tomei Ihihi, who plays Yana, Tag's sister. Uh, Michael Hurst is Ross, Dane's dad. Uh, we've got Kane Peters, who's Xavier. Dane's, um, well, let's just say he's supplier. He's dealer. <laughs> um, yeah, I'd say they're the main, they're the main cast. Okay. So the, um, the gist of the film is, uh, yeah, it's basically this. So we've got, uh, Dane who is a bit of a stoner, and Tag, right, who's a, huh, he's a deceased police officer, right, um, they team up, because Dane, he has the ability to see ghosts, well, when he uses a, uh, a concoction of his own devising that's laced with weed and his dad's medication. <laughs> yeah, you kind of think, like, how the hell did he work that shit out? Hmm. But anyway, right? So, um, yeah. Basically, Tag gets murdered and he stumbles upon Dane who he gets to help him track down the serial killer that committed the crime. So, you know, they're a hapless, you know, weird buddy duo. And can they work together to, um, well, let's face it, save some lives, you know? And not just the one that's already dead. Yes. So it is an odd little film, which is um it's interesting because the way it starts, right? You kind of are under the impression that it could all be a hoax, I would say, right? You you're kind of lulled into this, and it yeah, it's a bit like is this a hoax, right? Can he really? 
see ghosts? I'm not sure. But then you work out, oh shit, no, he can see ghosts. Okay. And so they've we get a bit of a montage of uh, him visiting several different people and helping them with their ghost situation. But then we, yeah, we have Tag turn up. It's not really explained how he, you know, he knew that Dane could see ghosts or anything like that. But he turns up and he asks him for his help. Uh, and Dane isn't really, he doesn't really want to. But due to his own, you know, let's say financial and home situation, he then, yeah, he then decides that, all right, I better help out the police officer. And, um, you know, it's, it's not a bad little story, to be honest, right? It, it moves along and um, it's pretty interesting right um there's some laughs in there right it's it's amusing i wouldn't say it's out and out hilarious but you you find yourself smiling you know uh probably more than laughing right i mean myself anyway you know it, it was kind of yeah a little amusing a little charming in places, that kind of thing, and um, yeah, the story does like well. I'd say for the first three quarters, it makes a pretty much sense, right? You can follow everything. Like I like a lot of the effects that they use, like the whole drug thing. You know, that's pretty... That I think they handled that effect pretty well. Like the whole... Uh, when he injects himself and then he um, works out... Oh, shit. I, I can now see the ghosts. We get this kind of hazy, like, weird effect on the screen and all of that. So that's a nice little trick. You know, that lets you know, okay, this is happening. So there's little things like that that work very well, you know, and and it adds a nice a nice touch to things. Um, I would say there are there are things that are a little bit confusing in places, like um, there's a lot that's shot in the dark, and that yeah, it's hard to see what's going on in K like I there's a scene where um they're in an alley and we get Dane kind of falls down. I had to rewatch that bit a few times to kind of work out wait, what happened there? Right? So there is there is that. Um then just Dane because it's a bit confusing with the character. Because I think they're playing him like he's soft, right? Like, not soft, soft, but 
I think he's not an alpha male, let's say, right? Um, but then there's some scenes that make it seem that he's, I don't know, slow, right? There's other scenes where, I don't know, like, he's kind of very confused about his sexuality, like... It, it's hard to get a full read on him with the way they've kind of fixed it. Like, we've got a point where he's like, he he doesn't realise these guys are hitting on him. Right? Which of this, like, it's kind of clear these guys are hitting on you. And, like, he, he runs into some situations that, like, wait, what are you doing right there? Like, you must know what's going to happen now. You know, he, he tells, you know, Tag at one point that he's had one girlfriend, but she wasn't really a girlfriend, and you're just like, mm. like, it seemed a weird thing to say in that moment, and then it's kind of one of those situations where it's just like, there should then be more to this, right, like, a reason why. Like, oh, I just didn't have time for girls because, you know, my dad being here and I was dealing with that. Or it's like some other stuff like this. But there's not. Because you, you have this situation with Tag's sister. Which, again, it is another odd one because you're just like, why? <laughs> like... You could see why he might like her, but it's why would she like him? That's the kind of, you know, because like we, they're not around each other enough for him to, I guess, display certain shit. So you're just like, oh, why? Like, what's the, what's the pull factor here? And then there's incidents where it's just like, listen, if he's really down for a girl, then he wouldn't not do certain things when they're basically there for him, right? So you kind of think, what is it with his cap? Like, why? So there's holes. I felt there was holes in the stories in places that kind of seemed odd, Right, you don't necessarily need everything laid out, but to really kind of invest in characters and understand, all right, I get why they would do this and I get why they would do that. You kind of need certain backgrounds, you know, just a little hints on things, which we don't get, which does make it a bit weird. But, you know, but aside from all of that, yeah, the first part, oh, the first, as I said, three quarters of the film, they move along nicely, we get the flow of it, we get the understanding, you know, they're tracking down this killer, you know, they're trying to work everything out, all of that. It then, I think, the end gets confusing, right, there's... They want to give you these twists in the story that don't necessarily 
like if you actually think about it they don't make any sense whatsoever right there's this stuff that you'd think okay for that to be a thing doesn't it then open up this this and this and this right now i i i'd make it a bit clearer but that would spoil some of the twists people so we won't do that but uh yeah there are definitely things that become a bit weird you know also with one of the helpers in a situation you're just like wait 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 wait, wait. you're doing all of this on what a promise a, a, a pro like a promise that you don't even know is real like what indication did you have that this was a possibility right it, you're kind of thinking that makes no because to do the, the things that are done right that then puts you in a really bad situation you know if someone turns on you you're kind of fucked so you like you'd think going into this you need a lot a lot to go yeah 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 i'll help you i'll do this and we don't get that so it's a bit weird right it doesn't make any sense and that's the problem there's a, there, there's all of these things at the end that don't really add up you know don't add up i i guess you know the whole dane xavier situation you do kind of think well, what is that right what what why you know so yes there, there are these things at the end that do muddy the water a bit but it still kind of finds a way to pull itself together and give you something right so it, it, it's it's not although it's a bit messy right it's not completely a bust so you do finish the film and you're like okay that wasn't bad that was yeah that was a decent little watch you know i'd say that if you liked things i think warm bodies might be a, a tonal similar film right they're definitely different i mean they both have a little romance in they're both dealing with dead things and people and whatnot but they're definitely not the same film but tonally i'd say it's a little similar you know maybe also something like um dead in the shed the shed of dead i think that's it we talked about it last year it played at sci-fi london right uh so yeah if, if these films kind of dig with you and humor wise something like uh the new zealand comedy breaker uppers so if you like those features then i think dead dead might speak to you right so i i'd say that give it a check if you're down with all of those it is 
currently um yeah it's available people it's out there so you can uh, you know grab yourself a um a dvd right or a digital download from uh, you know the usual spots right so itunes google play amazon you can get it all there or if you had an inkling to go to the soho horror fest on the 6th of november well you're in luck because it will be playing there so uh yeah there you go people if you want a little undead undead humor some chuckles you know a murder mystery with ghosts then maybe check out the new film from uh, Hayden J. Wheel, Dead. Okay, people, so before we uh, put the close on another episode let's take a look and see what's happening in the world of films right okay so um you know i think we're getting used to film delays right and we have another few well another two actually because you know um mgm they have uh, pushed back the Aretha Franklin uh, biopic Respect Which stars Jennifer Hudson um, So yeah It was meant to um, You know Open In October Then it got pushed to January And now it's got moved To August next year They've also um, Well, no um, It's Paramount Yes, Paramount and WWE They had an animated feature That was meant to drop Um, Well, it was meant to drop early Like mid this year But it got pushed to January Now it's coming out in um, May next year So, um, oh yeah, I didn't say the film It's Rumble (laughs) It's like a monster wrestling project Kind of thing If I uh, remember correctly Um, It's funny because They've also said they're pushing Like MGM have also said they're pushing back Tomb Raider But it's kind of like they haven't even started filming it So it's not really something that gets pushed back Because, yeah You need to make the film first uh, So I thought that was a bit amusing um, Other news So, um dum, dum, dum. Oh, what do we have? Yeah, this This sounds interesting So, um I do like an old assassin film, right? And uh, yeah, we've got a um, an adaptation of uh, a, a Kotario Isaac Isaac's novel called.
called um, Maria Bettle. Uh, it's getting made at Sony Pictures. And I believe it's being called Bullet Train. Right? And um, yeah, it's got some good people attached. Right? So um, we've got David Letech is um, directing. And we've got Brian Tyree Henry, um, Brad Pitt, Joey King, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and Andrew Koji. Right, so basically, it's um, Assassins on a Train. <laughs> so yeah, I'm imagining that uh, they're not all going to get on. So um, yeah. Like it could be fun, right? We've had snakes on a plane, so uh, assassins on a train. I think that's uh, that's something we can all get into. Um, now we've also got a um, <coughs> a, a new film coming to Netflix. So this is getting written by Jen D'Angelo, right? Um, and uh, yeah, it's got a, a decent cast, right? So we've got a uh, Sandra U and Aquafina, and um, they're playing sisters, right? So Ooh's um, character, she's a recluse, um, you know, and she's living her life, but then her train wreck of a sister. Moves in and vows to help um, help her fulfill a lifelong dream of becoming a contestant on a favorite game show. Ah, I think it could be fun, right? Um, so now it, it, it's just coming up to Halloween, so we're getting all this horror movie news, and it seems. The um, yeah, the whole insidious um, franchise, they're gonna keep it going, right? So, um, Patrick Wilson ha- is gonna be making his directorial debut with a fifth film, you know, in that franchise coming from Bloomhouse. So, uh, yeah, I who knows, right? So I don't know. They're saying that the fifth film um, picks up with the original Lambert family a decade after their first appearance. So now the son is grown up, um, and I believe that the, the original son is reprising his role. So he's um, yeah grown up. He's going to college, um, and um, yeah, that's all we know. But w- Wilson is also going to be uh, you know starring in the film as well, right? Scott Teams has written the script um, along with Lee Waynor. So. Uh, I don't know. I've not watched any of those films, so uh, yeah, we'll. See. I guess the fans will uh, be the judge on um, how well it does, right? So um, another thing coming from Bloomhouse 
is um, a project from John Ridley, right? So, uh, yeah, he's going to write and direct it. And it's, I think it's meant to be based on a um, an article from Salish Black Blanchefleur called Project Poltergeist, which was based on some true events from the 60s. You know, um, like unexplained hauntings in um, a public house project. Ugh. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Gosh, I don't know. I try and stay away from those sort of things. Now, this is this is more my speed. Tony Jar. Ah. An extremely good martial artist. I you know, I enjoy his films. A lot of them are you know, foreign language though. But he is making an English language action trilogy. So it's coming through um, Starlight Entertainment and Midway. So um, it's an interesting situation, right? Uh, because, so yeah, as I said, it's a trilogy, but it's a non linear story. Right, and so it's around a legendary assassin who suddenly disappears. Right, disappears, but you know, everyone's after him. Right, so the law, other criminal organizations, everyone wants his head, and so the story is kind of them all trying to track him down. So, uh, yeah, it, it kind of seemed, it, you know, obviously, I think things like this often sound a little John Wicky, but, um, yeah, I wonder how they're going to do it, if it's a non-linear, I mean, if it's non-linear, I imagine it will start with a big fight where it looks like he's going to die, and then it will jump to the, you know what I mean, it might play like that, but... I don't know, we'll see what happens with that, right, um, Peter Liu and, um, Mike Selby will be producing the films along with Ja, alright, so, uh, yeah, some other business, Steven Soddenberg and Matt Damon are working together again, uh, so this time, uh, it's on a film called No Sudden Move, right? So it's set in Detroit in 1955, and it follows a group of small-time criminals who are hired to steal what they think is a simple document. When their plan goes horribly wrong, their search for who hired them and for what ultimate purpose weaves them through all echelons of the race-torn, rapidly changing city. So, um, yeah, we've got a bit of a cast on, her, on our hands here, people. So we've got Julia Fox, Frankie Shaw, Bill Duke, Brendan Frazier 
who uh, I, I don't can't think of seeing in anything for a good ass while. Noah Duke, uh, Kieran Culkin, Ray Liotta, John Hamm, Amy Smitsis, David Harbour, Benicio del Toro, and Don Cheadle. Yeah. So um, it's all written by Ed Solman. So we'll, uh, yeah, we'll see what happens with this. You know, they do often team up to make good films. So, uh, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll see how that develops. Okay, so um, now this caught me off guard, right? So I always was under you know, I mean, impression that we were getting a Richard Pryor um, biopic, right? Because you know, there was word that. Lee Daniels was directing, Mike Epps was going to play, you know, Pryor, but supposedly that one's not happening, right, it's not happening, but we are getting one, so Kenya Barris, you know, um, yeah, he's going to be writing and directing, um, yeah, the new, a new version of uh, of this film, which okay, you know what I mean. If anyone's gonna do it, hey, I'm I'm down with Barris doing it, you know. Um, yeah, no word really on um anyone else involved in the project. So we'll just have to wait and see. But yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm definitely hope they do do something because, yo, Pryor was, ah, oh, he was incredible, right? And it's such a crazy fucking story. So, yeah, I think it's definitely something that uh, could could do good things, right? So uh, let's end with this. Um, Netflix have just picked up. A couple of um, John David Washington films Yeah So they've got uh, Malcolm and Marie Right Um, Which is a black and white um, Romantic Romantic drama So yeah they've got that Which um, you know Sounds interesting But they've also picked up A new film um, Written by Kevin Rice You know And um, Yeah it's called um, Born to be Murdered Right so uh, Yeah Washington stars Along with Alicia Vikander You know um, And uh, Vicky Creeps Right Um, So Basically, um, the film is, it's about a vacationing couple, right, and um, they they seem to fall prey to a violent conspiracy with tragic consequences, which does not bode well, hmm. But uh, yeah, it takes place in Greece. So, uh, you know, 
hey, both are good actors, right? So, um, yeah, I'm interested to see that, right? So, um, people, that is us. We are done. Um, yeah, look, the, the uh, you know, film festival episode... That's that will drop it, you know. Yeah, probably tomorrow or Saturday. Ah, uh, yo, just get me the uh, load of friggin' computer issues. So, just try to uh, resurrect files and all of that. But it's coming, people. But uh, yeah, we are done, and um, we will uh, be back next week. I think we're gonna drop something on Monday. So, uh, yeah. Keep an eye out. Alright, people, enjoy your film watching. And uh, yeah, until next week. Peace.